Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys within wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s. And Erica went through a sustained 50-pound weight loss and self-love journey. We created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches and together with our community are learning to live our most purposeful lives by sharing one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate, feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness and empower you to feel your absolute best. And because we want to bring forth a wide variety of stories, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect our own, but we hope the diverse and varied stories will empower you to make the best choices for your own life. So join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Courageous Wellness. Uh, we're very excited for this week's episode with Michael Rubino. Uh, we'll formally intro him in a second, but we really, really learned a lot from Michael. So and I really think um, I think I probably say this to him in the episode if I remember correctly, but you know, our episodes are really topic specific. So some weeks, you know, some people are going to really vibe with and other weeks, you know, on other topics, others will vibe with, but I feel like this is an episode that I could truly send to anybody in my family, anybody that I know. And I feel like everybody who listens will have, will get something of value out of it for themselves or lives. Um, and yeah, I, I'm so glad we did it. And, um, I'm, I'm really excited to share this episode with people. Yeah, same. I think everybody should listen to it because there's just mold. I, I, I feel like we're hearing a lot more about mold and mold exposure and, um, you know, invisible illnesses that people can't not, like figure out what it is and it can go back to mold, but, um, it's so interesting. And I didn't know so much. And, and again, as we said, as we keep talking about, we, we just learned so much. And I really liked that he gave such accessible tips for anybody, because, um, I think that's part, at least for me, even when we did our branch basics episode, which I really love about non-toxic cleaning, and it can feel really overwhelming, right. With the toxins in our home and the toxins in the environment. And I think it can feel very out of control. Um, but he offers really great tips to make it feel more in control for all of us, even if we're renting or if we own, um, it was just a great conversation, but before we get into all of that and into his formal intro, how are you doing, Allie? It is summer. We are in summer. How do you feel? Hot girl summer. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm ready for it. I I'm really happy. I'm really happy that it's summer and, um, you know, it's been quite a year. It's been quite a year and a half for a lot of us, all of us basically on the planet. And, um, I'm, I'm ready for this next phase. It feels like there's some positive movement in the right direction. And I'm, um, happy to be vaxxed and really starting to like 
feel like, uh, I'm not being very articulate, but like being able to really breathe into expansion again, like yeah. expansion. And um, that doesn't mean loading it all up. I'm not interested in doing that. I think I've learned a lot of lessons about how I want to spend my time um, in this time, this past year being at home, but I'm feeling finally really excited to be out into the world again. And that feels good. So um, yeah, yeah, just trying to enjoy myself. How about you? Same, same, same. I, I don't know what it was about Memorial Day weekend, but that just felt like a huge exhale. Like it felt like summer's here and it's very exciting. And I have had a very slow re-entry. I know um, we are both vaxxed, but I have really slowly re-entered society. Um, I have anxiety. I was in the house really for a whole year. I have, um, I've talked about it a little bit on some episodes, but I have a little heart condition. So I've been really COVID cautious. And so um, I just started re-entering and um, it's so nice. I think we're going to see each other this month for the first time and um, just starting to see friends again. And I'm just really, I feel like a big exhale, but something, you know, for anybody else who has re-entered slowly, I think it's actually been great because it's really helped me be very intentional about everything that I'm doing. And I want to keep that up now as I start to do a little bit more and expand my wings. Um, I don't want to lose being intentional about all of my activities instead of just like packing things in because we can. Um, That's been really important to me. And yeah, I think also just being like, I'm a Libra and I'm a people pleaser. And this slow re-entry for me has really helped me go inward and be like, what is best for me? What do I want to do? And just because I do one thing doesn't mean I have to do all the things. So, um, yeah, I've been having a slower re-entry than pretty much everyone I know, but yeah, there's just something about summer that feels like an exhale. And I'm really excited about just seeing my friends and drinking rosé and being in the sunshine. It's, it's going to be so nice. And we're just, I just feel really excited. I have a very excited energy right now. Yeah. Same. So, um, I guess we can intro Michael and get to the episode so that everyone can hear it. You want to, uh, take it away? Yes, let's do it. So today on our show, as we've mentioned, we are welcoming Michael Rubino, an innovative expert in mold contamination and remediation and author of the book Mold Medic. Rubino and his company, All American Restoration, have been featured in USA Today, Reader's Digest, New Jersey Monthly, and Digital Trends, among others. He was also selected as a speaker for the Spring 2020 Indoor Air Quality Associating Association meeting and expo. Michael has a real passion for helping people truly understand how to create non-toxic living environments and to thrive and feel their best. In this episode, he provides so many good practical tips for creating spaces with healthy air to breathe, regardless of whether you are a renter, a buyer, and no matter your budget. We learned from Michael that millions of Americans struggle with the effects of mold exposure on their health, and many seek out mold remediation companies but still suffer after the jobs are done due to incomplete removal of the mold. While Michael does do mold remediation, his procedure removes all traces of mold, including the spores they leave behind and the toxins produced by the mold. 
A person suffering from hypersensitivity to mold needs all three types of decontamination to truly regain their health. This episode enlightened both of us, as we mentioned, and if you breathe air every day, you won't want to miss this conversation. Please enjoy the episode. This episode is sponsored by Milk and Honey. Milk and Honey is a line of non-toxic, effective, and safe bath, body, and skincare products made in small batches in Austin, Texas. They source ingredients as hyper-clean as possible, which means both choosing organic and making thoughtful, informed choices on safe ingredients. Milk and Honey is a female-founded and funded brand that offers a wide variety of non-toxic bath, body, and skincare products that will make you feel nourished inside and out. Their online boutique also offers products from other top brands, including Osea Malibu, Virtue, Moon Juice, Kula Sun Care, and more. Some of our favorite products include Milk and Honey's Baking Soda Free Aluminum Free Deodorant and Lavender Tea Tree, which I have been exclusively using for years. I also love Milk and Honey's Gel Cleanser and Osea's Body Oil and Vegas Nerve Oil, which activates the body's relaxation response and helps regulate stress. If you want to try Milk and Honey, you can receive 15% off your order by visiting milkandhoney.com and using the code CWPODCAST, one word, at checkout. You can also find the direct link in our show notes. We are so excited to share a new discount code with our listeners for Recess. Recess is a wellness and lifestyle brand that offers hemp-infused beverages designed to help people relax. An antidote to modern times, Recess offers us all a moment to reset and rebalance with their flavorful, unique combination of hemp extract and adaptogenic sparkling water made with real fruit. A wonderful alcohol alternative or just a fun afternoon treat to keep you calm, cool, and collected. With flavors including blackberry chai, blood orange, black cherry, peach ginger, and pomegranate hibiscus, they offer 6 and 12 packs, subscriptions, and sampler packs for your enjoyment. My two favorite flavors are the coconut lime and the black cherry, but I truly love them all and can't recommend the sampler pack enough, which is where I started. To save 15% on all beverages or subscriptions, you can use code COURAGEOUS at checkout when you visit takearecess.com. You can also find the direct link in our show notes. Thank you, Michael. We're so excited for you to be here and to have this conversation on all things mold. So to get us started, can you tell us a little bit about your personal journey to this work? How did you get into the mold world? Yes. Well, thank you for having me. And, and, you know, I'm I'm confused by the question. Does not every single person dream about getting in the mold? Basically, uh, my journey really started at a young age. My father has been a you know electrical contractor to a general contractor uh, since I'm you know born. So I've been around construction my entire life. And um, one I one of the things that I quickly realized he mainly did fire restoration. So people had a fire, you know, fire department comes out, puts it out with water, right, and it turns into this just mess of arsenic everywhere. Uh, mold, etc. So basically, what I what I've been doing is, you know, kind of learning the ropes and that side of the thing when I was younger. And um, 
molds seem to kind of stick out to me pretty predominantly, mainly because there would be insurance companies involved in these types of decision-making processes. They'd come in and they'd see things and they'd be like, yeah, the mold's really not a big deal, you know? And it never really made sense to me because, you know, I took biology in high school and I'm like, you know, it's a living organism and we're just painting over it. That doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, I've put paint on my arm before and I'm still very much alive and running around. So yeah, there's a lot of things that I started seeing that just didn't make sense. And then as I, Hurricane Sandy happened being in the Northeast, and that's when I started seeing people actually get sick. And for about seven years thereafter, uh, working with my dad's company, I was remediating houses that were already supposedly remediated. And so I started getting very frustrated, not understanding how these types of things could happen. Um, I tend to get obsessive over these types of things. So I got really immersed into trying to figure this all out. And there's a lot of disparity between what I do and my ideology as someone who does this professionally versus the other 50,000 companies out there. So that's pretty much where what I started diving into and in my kind of personal journey here. Cool. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think, you know, this is going to be a really interesting episode for us because obviously we approach topics in the health and wellness space, but I think this is something that is often really looked over. I, I think it's something that people, you know, ourselves included, um, only recently really became aware of uh, as something to think about as far as our kind of holistic health and the environment that we live in. Um, and also because oftentimes mold in our home environments is not always visible. So um, it, it's interesting you're talking about like you saw people get sick after Sandy. And it was really, even for myself, I shared with Erica, I have a good friend who lives in an old Los Angeles apartment building, which there are many, many cases of mold in. I've had it too. But um, where she started to get really sick. And they had to do a full sort of, she had to move out for over a month because they had to do this like huge remediation job. So I guess if you wouldn't mind starting with um, sharing, sharing sort of the, I guess the dangers or why, why it's important if, if anybody doesn't understand um, sort of the health risks of being of mold exposure. Um, can you share a little bit about that for our listeners? Yeah, I mean, it, it can start as small as having something like brain fog or chronic fatigue or the onset of a cold that never goes away. Some of these more, um, you know, debilitating, but very slightly type of reactions that are enough to make you go crazy, but not to tie you down in bed. But then I've literally seen people on feeding tubes because their environments were so toxic and you know the, their body is not functioning the way it normally is supposed to, right? So there is from one extreme to the next, and um, you know just like anything else, right? Mold and other particulate matter are going to impact people differently. Every single person's immune system is different, and how that person detoxifies things inside their environment is crucial to how much mold can impact their body. Okay, thank you. I think that is helpful. If so now, like if we're just regular people, maybe we do have symptoms, maybe we don't have symptoms, maybe we're, um, 
just curious about whether our environments hold mold and what and what to be on the lookout for. Like where is a good place for people if they're curious about this or if they're wondering, hey, maybe maybe my space has some, maybe it's causing, you know, maybe it's like the cause of this sort of mystery ailment that right. I'm experiencing. Like where is the place to start as far as looking in your own home, your own environment um, for mold? Well, I mean, I think the obvious things are to look for signs of water damage. You know, those coffee looking stains that you'll find on your ceilings or walls um, that, that are signs of water damage coming through. That's obviously a spot that where mold can be growing. Also like using your sense of smell. If you smell a musty odor anywhere, right? You're gonna know that there's something going on with water intrusion, potentially mold growth, et cetera. When you're looking in, in terms of places that you don't normally see mold every day, but that typically occur, it's gonna be basements, crawl spaces, things that are subgrade, but then also attics, right? I mean, people have roof leaks and um, you know, especially if you're in an older home, you, know, you could have 50 years of roof leaks up there that have just never been remediated properly. Because remember, I think I would say it's relatively recently that we started really focusing on remediating properly. And there's still so many companies out there that are still following old, met old methodologies. We call them like the old guards of, of restoration contractors. Right? So we're still not at a level where you know things are cost effective, right? Because right now, unfortunately, when you buy a home and you have to remediate from a holistic approach, as you mentioned, you're having to clean up sometimes even 50 years worth of problems that pre-existed before you bought the house, right? And so things start to get more cost-effective as we as a society become more and more aware of mold, its effects on, on the body, as well as how we can prevent it and uh, maintain homes throughout, you know, the, the tenure of living in a home. You know, imagine like perfecting an, an environment and then turning it over to the next person when you're ready to sell it. And that would be awesome. Instead, we're typically like, I hope nobody finds anything today. You know, I want top dollar for my house, right? Like we have to kind of switch our thinking. Also people, right? We tend to be more reactive than proactive. So think about it. You know, like a window leaks and you're like, well, it was only one time, you know, and it dried up pretty quick or just this one storm, right? And you literally wait till it's leaking like almost every day before you change it, you know? And so it's things like that that we need to stop and start like really like paying attention to things. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm actually thinking about rolling out a new service where we just go to people's houses and just do an inspection, like a, a four corners inspection where we're like, okay, your windows are, are probably going to need to be, you know, resealed in the next year. Your, your roof definitely has some weak points, right? All these things that the grading is pitched towards the house where water can intrude. Like I want to be able to start helping people avoid having mold in the first place so that we can kind of get through this. You know, my, my thing is like, I'd rather, this is a problem that I feel like needs to be solved now and I'm doing everything I can, you know, with solving that, but I'd like to eventually move on to something bigger and better um, that can help as well. And so for, for me, I hope that I don't need to be in the mold industry for the next 20, 30 years, you know? <laughs> yeah. I like that a lot about being proactive instead of reactive. And I think that's, it's so interesting because as Ali mentioned, and you've mentioned, um, I do know a lot of people, or I don't know a lot of people. I know one other person besides <laughs> Ali's friend who has gotten very, though, very sick yeah. from mold exposure, um, in my personal life. And I've heard of some others like who are Instagram friends and 
that sort of thing. But because it's not so talked about and because we don't know about it um, and because, right, like mold exposure, it's it's like a long-term issue, right? Like you have, it hits you long-term. It might not right. like you sniff mold today and tomorrow right. you're sick, um, you know, maybe a little bit with the brain fog and that sort of thing, but those real like potentially deadly um, ailments yeah. can, can come long-term. So I like what you're saying about being proactive versus reactive, but I think, you know, myself included, it's so overwhelming, right? Like health and wellness in general is so overwhelming sometimes because it's like everything, right? It's food, it's skin, it's home, it's environment. So, um, I think it can be really overwhelming. And like you're saying, of course, if, if you're a homeowner, you can be really proactive, but I think a lot of people, especially where we are in Los Angeles are renters or living in apartments. So how would you suggest somebody be proactive if it's not a home that they necessarily own? Um, or if it is like maybe something for, for both people, but that's maybe a little bit more, um, beginner friendly, like, okay, I have brain fog. I live in an older building, or I don't know the history. If there has been water damage here, I don't see anything visibly, but that doesn't mean there's not anything here. Where would you suggest we begin to detoxify our home and work to be proactive as you mentioned about mold? Well, there's a couple of different things. I think the first thing that we can do is do an air quality assessment, right? You know, find a local mold inspector that can come in and just check the levels of mold in the home. I think that's important because not only is mold a good sign of things that are holistically wrong with the house, if there's mold present, there's typically other things present too. You have toxins, you have bacteria, right? So it kind of raises some red flags about the actual microbiome of the environment, if you will, right? And so if you want to be healthy, you have to really, I guess, be conscious of what's coming in contact with our body. And that's whether you're intentionally drinking or eating something or unintentionally breathing something. Mm -hmm. And I think what I'd like to do is help spread awareness of one main fact that I love to talk about. We take 20,000 breaths per day, the average person breathing in. It is literally almost never thought of at all in terms of optimizing our health, the air quality that we're breathing in. And there is so many different things in modern days that we breathe in, such as VOCs, formaldehyde, mold, bacteria, toxins, allergens, just tons of pathogens. And we literally don't look at any of them. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's amazing. You actually have to be sick and go to five different doctors to tell you that, have you checked your environment before you even think to check your environment? Right. How about, how is that for being reactive, right? We can be proactive. As a matter of fact, I, I have a, a call with a, a company on Monday, um, a company out of Norway who developed this $79 device, which I is calibrating in my kitchen right now. And what this $79 device does is it actually monitors your air quality in real time. And so it tells you the VOC levels, if there's potential for mold exposure, uh, formaldehyde, all these things that can potentially impact you. And so we're always looking for cost-effective ways to give people the education that they need or the information that they need to make good decisions. Of course, we're limited by owning versus renting, right? If we rent, we can't 
physically hire a remediation company to start opening up walls, right? We, it's, we need our landlord's permission. So there's some challenges there. But if we're educated enough to know that when we are renting, we need to rent the right place that has a good air quality, you know, you're going to be better off. And I get people commenting me on Instagram all the time or messaging me, right? Like, you know, I, I knew to do it Ermi. This is how I found a good place. Thanks so much for your information. You know, it's really helpful. Like all that stuff is really good, right? If you know, then you know how to basically be cause over it instead of being an effect of it. And that's kind of that reactive, you know, that reactiveness that we go through. It's like, we just don't know until it's way too late. Now we're trying to get out of a lease, right? To get healthy. And it's, you know, no one ever wants to be in that position. What is that um, machine called from Norway? I'm sure our listeners are going to be curious. It's, I'm curious it's called, too. It's called Air Things. Um, the Wave Mini is the device. And so, you know, I'm talking with them on Monday just to learn. It's calibrating right now. I want to learn more of the scientific methodologies behind it before I really start saying, hey, guys, this is amazing. But, um, you know, it's just exciting for the fact that something like that does exist. You know, yeah. was, that was kind of a missing link. It was like, man, we need to have something like this that can yeah. just, even after you do remediation, just to have peace of mind, to have something that'll tell you, you know, hey, something is not right. 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 You need to get some, you need to get this checked out. Like that is, that would be the ultimate thing. I, I think about it all the time. Like, man, I know people will buy like 10 of these things to put yeah. in their house and every room, you know, after they just invested money to make sure that their house is mold free. Right. And so it's so awesome that these things are coming out. Like it, it, there has, someone had to have said, we need this in order to make it. Right. And so of course it takes a company out of Norway, right. To of be course. like, we need this. Because everybody in America is like, no, 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 we have all these pharmaceutical pills. You don't, you know, we don't need to be proactive. Yeah. We got it, you know, and it's, I hate that we're like that, right? Because it, it takes away the uh, effectiveness of being proactive. What are they, what's the uh, saying? And an ounce of prevention is worth a ton of cure, right? Mm -hmm. So it, all it takes is just being aware and knowing what needs to be done. And I think we all know, like, if you've ever bought a house, nobody hands you a manual, that says, here's what you need to do to make sure your house is, is safe, right? We just, no. we just wait till stuff breaks and fix it. Yeah. What about air filters? I know air filters have become really popular, like especially the HEPA filters in the last year. Like I even have two of them in my house right now. Do those help with mold and prevention as well? Or is that some, a way to be proactive? Yes, it's, it helps proactively, not reactively. Meaning if you have mold and you're like, I'll just buy one of those and put it in the moldy room, it's not really going to be helpful. But if you are like, all right, I know this place is relatively clean and I want to keep it that way, then yeah, you put in, you know, put in each room or I love this uh, unit from IntelliPure, um, the Super V, you could actually tie it into your HVAC system, oh, wow. which not only protects the HVAC system from becoming contaminated, but also it's just like, now you don't need one in every room. It handles the whole house in one unit. So I love that proponent of it. Definitely saves money and it's cost effective that way. Um, but yeah, I know you want to filter your air just like we filter our water. Yeah. Thank you. I think, well, a couple of things, Erica and I have a similar sort of approach or mentality about wanting what were you saying like talking about how we're in a culture where we sort of 
we're very reactive. We're not yeah. about really like health um, prevention, like disease is something that we treat, but like you have to be experiencing the disease first prior right. <laughs> prior to like the preventive mentality. Um, but expanding that mentality to, to just our homes as well. And, and the air that we breathe, I think is a really important thing. Um, because as we're talking about, it's not necessarily an intuitive thing or like we could, you know, worry about what we eat and what we, you know, put on our skin all day long. But that the fact that we breathe 20,000 times in a day is, um, is just massive. And it's an oversight, I guess, if we don't, if we don't acknowledge that. But also one of the things that's important to us is trying to make this idea of having um, agency and advocacy about one's own health and um, health and wellness, whatever that means for each individual, as affordable and as accessible as possible. So things like you were talking about the fact that there's even a $79 device in development feels like, not that that's cheap, but by by no means is that thousands and thousands of dollars. If there are things in development that are, are more tools that we can have to live a proactive sort of from a preventative place and they're more affordable and accessible, then they become just like, it, it becomes more adaptable for yeah. general the general public um, and not something that's just for the people who can afford to worry about mold in their home. Sure. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton. There's a ton of services that my company offers that are expensive, right? Yeah. And and I, I'm very in tune with that. And I'm. It's not that I like it, you know. Unfortunately, some things just cost what they cost. They're of labor course. intensive, you know. But my mind is always like this, you know. If we knew how to prevent the problem in the first place, right. it'd be much smaller, right? And that's where the cost factor comes in. So to give you this analogy, like you know, the the roof is leaking, right? If you catch it at that exact moment by, you know, doing an annual inspection and finding that there's a shingle missing, right, you're going to have very minimal damage. Now, if you wait, one missing shingle becomes 10, becomes 20. Now you have water pouring into your place. You're causing so much more damage than if you would have inspected your roof, right? So there's a thousand of those different scenarios that happen every single day that usually by the time I get to somebody's house, it's like, oh man, you know, there's yeah, massive problems here. Yeah, you know, the average person is supposed to spend four percent of their home's value every year in maintaining their home, mm-hmm. right? So, I don't think I know I don't do that, right? So, if I don't, if I don't do that, I know that most people are not doing that, and I know about it, right? But yeah. I do, you know, I do pay attention. I do know that there's certain things that I need to look for, and I do walk you know, any property right now, I don't own a property I'm renting, but even the rental, when I, you know, first got here, I walked around, I told the landlord of all the different pitfalls of the property. He's a great landlord. He went and handled all those things, you know? And so like, if we all knew what to look for, you know, we can make better decisions in preparing the prevention methodologies and maintaining our home and keeping these problems much smaller. It's, it's no different with disease, right? I mean, if you treat the disease, when it first starts, not only do you beat it, but it's much less costly than having to deal with 
a thousand different doctor appointments, surgeries, potentially all these other things. So, you know, again, an ounce of prevention is worth a ton of cure. And I think, you know, people are go to this dark place when they have mold, you know, because they, they know that it's costly that their insurance company might not cover everything. And I get that. And I think one of the things that I, I love to tell people is like, look, you can't do things you can't afford, right? Take it into micro projects and mm-hmm. just everything that you do, you're going to be beneficially impacting the air quality, right? So it's no different than if you were doing a remodeling project. Would you like to take out a $100,000 loan and remodel the entire house at one shot? Sure. Of course we all would. But is that reasonable? Probably not. And so we do these micro projects. And if we know that the crawl space is the worst area, then spend the money fixing the crawl space. You know, the minor molds in the kitchen or bathroom that aren't as bad as the crawl space, they can wait, you know, let it, let it wait three to six months, get some air purifiers to help reduce the toxic load, stay on top of cleaning because cleaning is important. We can, I'm sure you guys will want to ask about that. And, uh, you know, there's different strategies you can employ to make it feasible and help, you know, spread things out so you can handle it financially. And that's kind of my job is like, I want to help people. It, it, you don't have to have unlimited funds to get help. We want to take a quick break from this episode to tell you about our health coaching subscription service on Patreon. The Courageous Wellness Collective has expanded on Patreon to bring listeners and clients an all-access accessible platform to educate, inform, and create nutrition and lifestyle habits to meet your personal goals. For $8.99 a month, patrons will receive weekly video content on topics ranging from blood sugar stabilization, gut health, hormone balance, energy, sleep, skin health, how to shop the grocery store, pantry staples, and much more. Included, you'll also receive access to monthly virtual events, recipes, awesome giveaways, and special guest content too. With this subscription, you are guaranteed at least four pieces of fresh health coaching content each month. To learn more and become a patron, visit patreon.com forward slash courageous wellness or check out our show notes. We look forward to welcoming you to our coaching community. I really love what you shared. It's so important. And I agree so much. Like we are our most important investment and that's how I feel about food. And that's how I feel about, you know, what we put on our body. But I love what you said because it, it is, it's so as Ali mentioned, right? Like if you're just trying to survive, molds, like the last thing you're going to think about, if you're just trying to survive eating organically, (laughs) it's the last thing you're going to think about. But it's like, if you have the privilege to think about those things, it's like, I would rather invest in this stuff than like, you know, drinks every weekend with friends, right? Like if you have the privilege to make those decisions, I do think this is important to be thinking about. And so as you mentioned, right, like we want to start micro. So maybe the most micro place to start is how we clean our homes as you just teased. So how, what are your suggestions and what are the most efficient ways to do that? Okay. So when they do mold tests, they're typically testing the dust in your home, right? And that's going to tell us what the toxic load of the house is. And same thing when they're testing for toxins and, and other pathogens, they're going to be testing the dust. So what we know is that as you have a mold problem in your house, it's constantly producing mold spores, toxins, if it's a mycotoxin producing mold. And what happens is they get aerosolized 
and they spread and land wherever they're going to land, right? Depending on the, the air conditioning unit blowing things around and things like that. So at any time, you're, you're, if you were to take a sample of dust in your house, even if you have the, the most perfectly clean house, you're going to have some level of mold there. What you want to do is you want to stay on top of cleaning and removing these dust reservoirs because that's where this stuff is going to settle. And the dustier that your place is, the more opportunity for it to kick up into your breathing zone, enter the body and start to impact you. So, you know, if you have mold and let's say, obviously you want to remove as much as you can, um, as quickly as you can, which is going to help with the cleaning process. But cleaning is going to be in a massive important part of your protocol in getting this place healthy. Do you have, you know, Erica and I have worked with different um, brands that are sort of non-toxic cleaners mm -hmm. just so that we're not bringing and ingesting more chemicals into our body and that can affect, you know, our endocrine system and yeah. um, hormones for sure, which we talk a lot about as health coaches. But um I, I also understand that sometimes there needs to be a certain certain like grade of cleaner potentially in order to um, get rid of mold or help in this cleaning process. Do you have any recommendations as far as that goes, as far as like the toxicity of cleaners, what works against mold? Can it be these non-toxic cleaners, which we try to use because they're you know, are they equally as fine getting rid of dust in the house? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't use any chemicals in my business or in my household. Uh, I just, I don't think it's necessary. Yeah. Um, there is uh, the botanical products out there that are amazing products that can disinfect and help with the surfactant remove particulate from the home. My favorite is Benefect Decon 30, the Decon 30, just because it has less of a scent um, and it's basically lemon uh, and essential oils mixed with water, right? And so it's amazing at disinfecting botanically without harsh chemicals and removing anything that you need to remove. And we use that in our service-based business as well as in our house, in our houses and we clean. So I think it's great. The, the real issue is we have a lot of grease in our homes that we're not really aware of, mm -hmm. especially kitchens and bathrooms. Um, you know, think about like the oils of your skin as you touch things, you have dust particles, mold, allergens, toxins, they're going to stick in those services. So you want to have something that soaps up. And so that's what the word surfactant means. It's really something like a degreaser, um, Dawn dish soap, which is a, obviously a chemical based product, but just off the top of my head, that was like the first thing that I could think of, um, as a main reference that everybody would recognize, right? It's, it's something that's going to get sudsy and help separate those greases as well as allergens, toxins, mold, et cetera, from the surface. And then you want to start cleaning with microfiber towels. So paper towels are not going to absorb that much, believe it or not. Um, you have to use a lot more of them to get something actually clean microfiber towels, they are hundred times more effective than paper towels. So I would switch over to that. Um, you know, if you're not specifically cleaning for mold, you can rewash them too. If you are cleaning something that is moldy and you're removing it with a microfiber towel, I would just throw it away and not risk, you know, cross-contaminating anything. Yeah. 
Thank you. That's actually like really good practical advice. And it's good to know that, you know, the botanical based cleaners can be effective. I mean, I know they can be effective in cleaning, but even, even with, you know, worrying about mold spores, can you also tell us a little bit, maybe I should know this, but you know, when we see mildew that can happen in the shower super easily, is that ever something to be like, if it's, if it's not handled could become more dangerous and become mold. I think sometimes Mm. people also have, um, and I'm thinking specifically about having lived in older LA apartment buildings where you could like scrub all day long and there's still mildew that remains. And I'm sure I know personally I had mold because I had an entire couch covered. It like grew through the wall when, when I first moved, you know, I was like 23, I moved to LA, whatever, 12 years ago. And it was, um, you know, a freshly painted apartment. And then all of a sudden my roommate and I move our couch after however many months living there to clean behind it. And our entire couch had mold along the back of it. Yeah. And we had had horrible allergies for, you know, that entire That that makes sense. We were like, oh, you know, we thought it was a clean wall and there we go. (laughs) But um, anyway, I like digress. So, so I'm just curious, like with mildew specifically, is there, is that a sign that people should like spend a little extra time in that area? Can that lead to mold? Yeah. So uh, I just did an article on Mind Body Green. It's uh, mold versus mildew. And um, I hate to be a heartbreaker here, but mildew is mold. Uh, Basically, mildew is um, really referencing this powdery mildew, which is a a plant disease that happens on plants outdoors. And it's like basically a white powdery mold. And um, it's from the Ascomycota family underneath the fungus kingdom. Okay. Ascomycota is the same family that uh, houses aspergillus. Have you guys heard of aspergillus? Yeah, I have. It's an allergenic mold. It's probably one of the most prominent molds found in any home across America. So when you have these allergy-like symptoms from mold, it's typically something going on in the aspergillus species, which is what we would know as mildew. Okay. Okay. So Basically, anytime you think you have mildew in your home, I would say nine times out of 10, if you tested it, it would be one of the aspergillus species underneath the uh, ascomycota uh, family. Um, But that means that we need to take it seriously, you know, and I think, I don't know who came up with this term of mildew, but I feel like it's almost become like this term of endearment for mold, like, oh, don't worry, it's just mildew, you know, like nothing will be, nothing to worry about here. And I feel like that's given us this false sense of security. The thing is, if you have any type of mold, including mildew, you want to do something about it. If it's on your shower curtain, go ahead and wash your shower curtain. If you want to prevent mold on your shower curtain, very simple. If you have a shower curtain and a shower liner, when you, after you're done taking a shower, leave the shower liner inside the tub, the shower curtain outside the tub should give you like that, you know, foot of separation. Cause what happens is trap moisture gets in between the two and it creates this opportunity for mold to grow. So what happens, mold typically grows anywhere between 12 and 20, uh, sorry, 24 and 48 hours. So it's not a very long time. Um, your shower curtain can stay wet longer than that, especially when they're touching. And that's just kind of like, you know, if you ever think about a a wet sponge, if you leave it on top of a counter, 
the area around the counter dries out with the air, but underneath, because they're touching, right? It takes longer to dry. You get trapped moisture there. Same thing with the shower curtain. Um, so I think if you start separating your shower curtain and maybe wash it, you know, once a month or something like that, you'll probably start to avoid that. The same thing happens with your bath mat, you know, and it's again, another source of trap moisture. You drip on it, it stays wet, that moisture gets trapped in between the tile and lo and behold, it gets mold all over it. So again, you know, maybe after you take a shower, prop it up so it could dry properly and then just wash it, you know. Thank you. I feel like like you're dropping all the mold medic I know advice. And I think that I can't wait. I'm going to send this. I love all of our episodes, but I'm excited to send this episode to so many people because I do think it's like, it seems like it should be obvious, but it's not. And thank you for sharing your knowledge with us today. Yeah, yeah no, it, like exactly right. It seems like it should be obvious, but it's not. I mean, unless you're like, thinking about this, which why would you do that unless you're like me who's obsessed over mold? <laughs> you know, it, you're not going to like think about every step of the way that you take. What's the best thing I can do to avoid mold in this situation or in this situation? So as a homeowner, like when you're jumping out of the shower, typically you're trying to get ready for something. You don't have all this time to say like, hmm, should I put the bath mat up? and let it dry. Like, no, you're running off, you're getting, you throwing your clothes on and running out the door. So, you know, it's hopefully at least with me, when I do think about all this stuff and I come up with cool ideas to save us all from mold, you know, at least I can pass that advice on to others. Yeah, no, I'm like ready to go clean right after this conversation. Like I'm going to go deep clean. I'm so I'm going to tell my husband, I'm like, we're cleaning all weekend long. <laughs> like that's what we're doing. And um, no, it's been really helpful. And actually like I've, I've listened to some podcasts about mold and I always come out of it feeling like really scared and overwhelmed to be honest, because it is scary, but you've given us so many like practical tips and tools that like I said, I actually just feel excited to go like deep clean my apartment, um, which I do every Sunday anyway, but now I'm going to really go hard, um, harder. So I guess one of my last questions for you is just to go like almost back to the beginning, but if anyone listening is getting ready to buy a home or rent a new place, what are some questions they should ask going into that process that you think are very important to ask? to make sure there hasn't been water damage or mold in well, this Well, I think, I think you want to get a mold inspection. If you're going to make an investment to buy a house, right? I mean, it's houses cost a lot of money yeah. and typically come with this 30 year commitment, right? You, you want to make sure you're spending a couple hundred bucks or a thousand dollars, whatever it is to get somebody to put eyes on it that specifically knows about mold because i'll tell you what their home inspectors are amazing piece of the puzzle you need to know all the stuff that's about to break but there's only two pages out of like the 300 page you know guidance that they get to become a home inspector only two pages of that is dedicated to mold so it's not nearly as thorough as someone who has the training as a mold inspector so i would say get a home inspector, get a mold inspector, so that at least you know. Um, I did a, a, a interview with this uh, gentleman named Harma Hartweeney. He's like a big uh, broker out in LA, if you guys are familiar with him. But he he's yeah. a real estate agent that also had this um, mold exposure happen to him. Okay. So he got really sick and became aware of mold throughout that. And it was a really interesting and cool story. And when I talked to him, 
you know, he's like, we just, we just don't know any better, you know, like nobody ever educated the real estate industry that this is a problem. And so most people buying homes, they just think they get a home inspector, you know, comes in, you know, fix the hot water heater and, you know, put a new spigot on outside and you're good to go. Right. And so we miss that whole environmental aspects of how the air quality inside the home could impact the health of the people buying it. So that's something that I think if we start doing, it's really going to a force people who are selling homes to be more responsible in maintaining the homes mm -hmm. and B it's going to, you know, start prompting people to make sure that air quality is something that is important in the home buying process. Cause right mm -hmm. now it's probably last on the list. And what about for renters? Are there any questions that our listeners who are renters should be asking for their next rental? Yeah. So I think um, a lot of the questions that I get asked is like, well, if I just, you know, rent in a brand new place, am I good? And um, unfortunately, it's not exactly always the truth because when people are building buildings, like they can be exposed to the elements for sometimes a year before they really start to get built on the inside. There's a potential for mold to grow. They could be bringing in lumber that came from a lumber yard that was sitting out in the dirt for a month and got mold on it, right? So there's no you know, saving grace um, in terms of just getting a new place versus an old place. I think you have to really go inside the places, A, listen to your body. If you get some funny sense that something weird is going on there, find another place, right? Look for signs of water damage. Go to the toilet tank. I love this one. You're going to check your toilet tank after I'm done. I guarantee it. If you flip over the lid, right? You know, like the toilet tanks, they have this lid on the back. Yeah. Pull it off, flip it over, look at the underside of it. Also peek over into the tank. If you see mold growing on the underside of the lid or inside the tank, usually what that means is that there's mold somewhere else going on inside the place, producing at such an output that it has the opportunity to just ever so lightly, you know, horizontally fit in underneath that tank, mm. right? So it's just based upon laws of statistics that if there's mold there, there's probably something else going on in the place. And so that would be a good time to say, hmm, I don't know if I want, if this place is right for me. Okay. Thank oh, you. Oh, I'm going, definitely going to look. I feel like yeah. all of our listeners, we're all going to go look at our toilet tanks right <laughs> after this. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> well, as we start to wrap up, we ask all of our guests three wrap up questions. And, um, the first one I'm going to start with is how do you in the work that you do and the job that you have, how do you take care of yourself? And maybe in this, you know, we usually ask about self-care, but in this context, how do you take care also of yourself and your environment on a daily basis? Okay. I love that. So first off, how I take care of myself is I made myself a pledge that every single day I would walk 10,000 steps or more. And so I have this, you know, I have my iPhone, it tracks how many steps. And I, I, um, I just moved to Tampa, as I told you guys earlier. And uh, I happen to be like right near this little town. It's called Safety Harbor. Mm -hmm. And what I do is I just walk into the town, get a coffee, come right back. It's 5,000 steps right there. So every morning I do that. That's my morning routine. And then, you know, sometimes in the afternoon, if I want a snack, I'll do the same thing, just pick something healthy and, and walk right back with it. And there's my 10,000 steps. And uh, I love to do that because it just forces me to be conscious about what I'm doing. You know, I, if I'm on podcasts a lot, I'm sitting in a chair. So I need to 
you know, just stay motivated to keep moving and, and you know, keep in motion because moving around and eating right, drinking a lot of water, you know, breathing good air, all of that kind of ties in together with this, you know, staying healthy approach. Thank you. So our second question that we ask all of our guests is what does being courageous mean to you? What does being courageous mean to me? I think it's just being me um, and standing up for what I believe in, regardless of, you know, who I'm up against. And, uh, you know, I've been in situations where I'm sitting across from the table of someone twice my age, who's been 30 years in the industry. And I'm like, well, then you've been doing it wrong for 30 years, you know, and, 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 and sometimes it just takes like being courageous and standing up for what you believe in, even though it, you know, it's going against the grain. Thank you. Um, and then the last one, obviously, in addition to your own book is, do you have any book recommendations. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be on mold. It's just something that's, um, meant something to you along your personal journey. There is a book that I just read. Um, it's called no rules rules. Okay. It is, um, the CEO of Netflix book. Basically he wrote the book with a co-author. Um, and it, why I like it so much is because it really talks about culture mm -hmm. and, what a company should really be doing. And, I, and the reason why I love that book is because I feel like the type of leader I am in, in my business um, really is like this, we're here to help people type of culture. And uh, there's so many businesses out there that prioritize profits over, you know, the consumer's well-being, health, or just, you know, trying to help them or protect them. And so, that book just really struck a chord with me and just made me realize like, okay, I am doing the right thing. And, um, you know, it, if you, everyone should read that book, whether they own a company or not, because I feel like if capitalism were exactly the way it was spelled out in this book, God, we would be in a much better place. Mm, yeah. Well, thank you for that. And then if anybody wants to, um, find you, hire you, work with your company, read your book, uh, follow you, where can they do that? Yeah, so a uh, ton of free resources are on our company's website, allamericanrestoration.com. Um, and, you know, if you're interested in just doing like a, taking a look at the home and, and kind of glossing over for preventative measures, being proactive, that's a really affordable service we offer. Um, if you want to find information about my book, go to themoldmedic.com. It'll tell you where to get it on Barnes and Noble if you're a Barnes and Noble reader or Amazon if you're an Amazon reader. And then finally, follow me on Instagram at The Mold Medic because I'm very, very responsive on there. And I post a lot of cool tips, tricks, and articles every single day. So always trying to create the awareness and spread information out there. Thank you so much. This was so educational. We really appreciate awesome. it. Awesome. <laughs> Good. Well, we, we didn't, we didn't cover even everything. So you guys will have to have me back, you know, yes. so much more to cover and it it's, it's almost never ending. Part two, for sure. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch via our website, www.courageouswellness.net, where you can also find additional info about our health coaching services, virtual group events, newsletter, and more. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.